Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We live, we love, we serve. I want to read today from Psalm 34, the first eight verses, familiar psalm. And again, I really won't be like, I'm full this morning, I'm happy. Let me tell you that on Friday was my birthday, and I not only celebrated my birthday, but I celebrated something I birthed, that book. And so I'm grateful for that. Um, also, for those of you, the books are on sale outside our merch table. But after service today, for about 35 minutes, I'll be signing books today if you have your book or you bought a book. But here's the thing. For the next several Sundays, I'll be signing books. So don't feel you got to rush it in today. But I'll be here for about 30 minutes or so, 30, 35 minutes after service, signing books up here on the stage. Psalm 34, and I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. And then I'll read from the Message Bible. Here's what it reads. And I don't even need to do much after I read this. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes his boast in the Lord. Let the humble here be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Look to him and be radiant so your faces shall never be ashamed. This poor soul cried and was heard by the Lord and was saved from every trouble. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Happy are those who take refuge in him. And then in the message Bible, read slightly different. I bless God every chance I get. My lungs expand with his praise. I live and breathe, God. If things aren't going well, hear this and be happy. Join me in spreading the news. Together, let's get the word out. God met me more than halfway. He freed me from my anxious fears. Look at him. Give him your warmest smile. Never hide your feelings from him. When I was desperate, I called out, and God got me out of a tight spot. God's angels set up a circle of protection around us while we pray. Open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good God is. Blessed are you who run to him. Come on, let's pray. God, we thank you today. And we honor you today for this time. God, may the word you declare on today do its own work. Now will God continue to do what is necessary to continue to get the glory. God, we're going to get out of the way today and let you be God all by yourself. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you. This is our prayer. In your name we pray. Amen. I'm going to read that verse. I will bless the Lord at all times. 
His praise shall continually be in my mouth. In the message Bible says, I bless God every chance I get. My lungs expand. I love that. With his praise. Do me a favor. Turn to your name. Just tell a neighbor. I just can't stop giving God praise. Come on, turn to the other neighbor. Tell him, neighbor, I just can't stop giving God praise. Put your hands together and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. You take your seat. Again, I'll be real short today because I feel like you read that scripture. It's enough in many ways. Here's what I've learned in 34 years of preaching, 27 years of pastoral ministry, that everyone does not celebrate how unique you are. Everyone does not celebrate the uniqueness of your personality, and surely everyone does not celebrate the uniqueness of your gifts. You are amazing. If no one has told you today, you are absolutely amazing. And I'll say it again. You're so amazing that there are people who will be intimidated by you, who will be threatened by you because of how amazing you are. There will even be people who, out of intimidation by how awesome you are, will be intentional in their efforts to try to upend your day, upend your life, stop the fulfillment of some of your dreams because somehow your presence is a reminder for them of what they may not have been able to do and may not have been able to accomplish. And so their role, their call seems to singularly be committed to stopping you. There's a character in the Bible, the person in the Bible I love and I think many of us love too, and that's David. David is an amazing example of the inconsistencies of human personality. David is an amazing example of how, of how no matter how anointed you are, no matter how gifted you may be, that there's still things we wrestle with and struggle with in the midst of our, well, in the midst of our anointed selves. Sometimes we think, you know, I used to hear as a child growing up in church, the anointing makes the difference, but all you got to do is live a little while and see that there's some things in the midst of your anointing you still wrestle with. You still struggle with and struggling and wrestling with those things do not negate your significance, your uniqueness and how powerful you are. David shows that. I mean, think about how complicated David was. If you ever get a chance, read the stories, the numerous stories about King David. And in the midst of his complexities, here's what God says, that David was a man after God's own heart. That means you can be a person after God's own heart and still got your issues, still have your mess, still be wrestling. It does not mean somehow that you are not striving to grow and mature in your journey of life. But it does say that those things you wrestle through and wrestle with do not negate your significance in God's eyes. That's important. I'm going to say that again because maybe you didn't catch that. There may be things you wrestle with, struggle with, have a hard time with, are trying to move away from even that. But none of those things deteriorate, take away from your significance as a child of God. You need to know that. You need to hear that today. David's story has so many twists and turns, so many nuances. And there's this one line in David's life, this line that runs as a thread through his story. And it is, again, the inability for some people to handle, well, in David's case, his giftedness and his uniqueness. He was anointed to be the next king. 
And that meant ultimately that he would be a problem for King Saul, who was in place. I'm going to say it. I've said it numerous times about this story. Saul is in place, but David has the anointing. Saul is in position, but David has the anointing. And there will always come a moment where your journey will entail your anointing catching up with your position and your anointing catching up with your place. Yeah, if you know that you've been set aside, anointed, set aside for something significant and that God has a high calling on your life, don't be in a hurry to get to the position that you were set aside for. Because not in position doesn't mean you don't have the power. It just means that there's something that must be experienced by you before you take your rightful position. Because let me tell you what I know. There are a lot of people in position but don't have the power. A lot of people in position but don't have the love. A lot of people in position but don't have the giftedness. So positions don't mean much. It's whether the power, the love, and the significance is really there. I don't know how you feel about it, but I'd rather have the power than have a position. There's a whole lot of powerless position people in our lives. Well, here's what happens. I, I, I don't want to belabor it, but, but, but Saul can't stand David. And David has done many great things for Saul. He was a general, the leader of his army, and many victories came. But Saul had a problem because he didn't like sharing the spotlight. He was narcissistic in a major way. And he couldn't handle the fact that so many people were gravitating towards David, who was in his mind beneath him because he thought that David's significance lied in the title that Saul he, the king, had given him. I want you to miss that. Saul thought that David's significance was in the fact that Saul had given him position as leader of the army. Saul was not aware that David had already been anointed for the position, but he thought that his significance was in the title he gave. Come on, you got to get that. Saul thought that David's significance was in what he gave him, not what God gave him, because Saul didn't realize what God gave David is what he had taken from Saul. I hope you catch that. Now, I'm going to say it again. I don't know why. Somebody needs to hear this. Saul was in a position. But the thing that made Saul powerful was no longer with him. It was with David. And Saul thought the position he gave David was the thing that made David significant. He didn't realize that David's significance already took place before Saul gave him any position. Okay. Let me pause again. There's some people who don't realize that when you showed up, you were already set aside. That when you showed up, you were already significant. That when you showed up, you didn't even need the title they tried to give you or the position they tried to give you because you walked in the building ready, filled with the power that God had already played upon you. And so, and so, and so Saul, after this one day, and you know the story, this great song that was being sung by all the people in town, when they came back from one of their military conquests, Saul comes by and David is behind him and they ride into the town after one of their victories and the people start singing songs. Saul has slain his thousands and people are rejoicing. And then after that, here's a problem. It was part two to that song. Verse two said, and David, his tens of thousands. And when Saul heard the people giving David more praise than him, couldn't handle it. And said that he tried to kill David. Three times he tried to kill David, and it did not work. Three times he tried to pin David to the wall with a spear, and it did not work. Every time he tried to kill David, he missed. Oh, gosh. 
one time many years ago, I preached a sermon, Reverend Alicia, called Holes in the Wall, about how many times that Saul missed trying to kill David. And every time he threw a spear and missed, there was one more hole in the wall in which he tried to kill David. There, yeah. a whole lot of y'all got some holes in the wall, too, where there's some folk who tried to take you out, and they have no idea how you still standing and how you still here in spite of all their efforts. And, and all you do is look back at the holes and tell them you missed that time again, and you and you keep on missing. I sometimes smile at folk who don't like me. And folk who really even use those words hate towards me. That's just one more hole. Do you understand? You can never really take away what God has already placed in my spirit. Well, three times he tries to kill David. And then Saul makes it clear he wants David dead. Now, here's the thing. And then I'll be done. David is fearful of the king. And I wonder, is it fear? But sometimes it's also respect because here's the thing. Even though Saul no longer respected his own anointing, David still respected Saul. There was a time in the story, read it sometime, where David could have killed Saul, had him trapped in a cave, could have killed him, but he didn't because he respected Saul's position, even though Saul didn't even respect his own position, nor did he respect David. But David flees, and I know it's a fearful thing, because sometimes when we get hit with fear, no matter how anointed we are, we do some strange things. And David, David, David ran. Can you imagine? I always say this one line. David ran from the man who ran from the man that David defeated. Remember, King Saul was afraid of Goliath. You know that story. And so David ran from the man who ran from the man that David had defeated. But sometimes when fear hits you, you do strange things. Isn't it strange, I'm going to say it again, to run from the man who ran from the man that you defeated. And then you defeated the man that the man who now chasing you didn't have the strength to stand and fight. And so now you decide to run from that man who was afraid to stand against the man that you had already disposed of. Right? He's running. That's the first thing that seems strange. Why would you run, David, when... When you've shown yourself to be powerful, we don't know the strange things we do sometimes when fear hits us and anxiety hits us. We don't know. We, we, we act strange at times. I don't care how sold out and sanctified you are. There are times you just act strange when fear hits you. Can I show you even more? Let me show you how strange he acts. He's looking for refuge from Saul, who's now chasing him. David and his, his boys are on the run from the man who ran from the man who David defeated. Right? And, and watch what happens when fear hits you. He runs to the territory of Gath, looking for protection from the man who ran from the man that he had defeated. You'll see why I keep saying that in a second. He goes to Gath, where the king of Gath is King Akesh. All right. Now, this may not hit you right now as you hear me say that, but let me just tell you about Gath and Akesh. Right. Gath is the city and town that Goliath was from. So wait a minute. You were running from the man who ran from the man that you defeated and you sought refuge in the town of the man that you defeated. You thought somehow that the place where Goliath was from could protect you. While you're running from the man who ran from the man that you defeated, you run to the man that you defeated his hometown, looking for protection. You don't think they know who you are? When David comes to King Achish, they peeped him real quick. And they said, King, 
You know who that is. He said, that's David. That's the one who cut off Goliath's head with his own sword. And now he's here. It is as if in their mind, the gods delivered him to us. When David realized that he had been peeped. <laughs> Let me pause for a second. It's deep how in fear you forget who you are, but the people who remember what you've done don't forget. Your power. You might forget your power, but the folk who know of it and who felt it, they don't forget. That's why it's amazing how some folk see with the things you don't always see about you because fear has a way of getting in the way. When David realized that he had been seen, you know what he started doing? He started acting like he was having a mental health crisis. It's in the end of the story, first thing. He starts scratching on the walls, slobbering on his beard, and he starts acting like something is wrong with him. And, the, and, and now, because in David's mind, they will surely kill me because I wandered into the wrong place. And then when King Achaz see that David ain't quite right, he no longer sees the warrior, but he sees a troubled man. And King Achaz says to his, his people, he said, listen, it's the last thing we need in our town is one more crazy man. Let him go. And David faked insanity. But actually, he was already a little insane because to be running from the man who ran from the man that you defeated is a little, well, it's a little crazy. And then, well, to run to the town of the man who you cut his head off, that's a little... So it's basically David started acting out what he had already been embracing. David leaves. He gets away. And the sermon is really done. And here's what happens. When David left, he paused somewhere along his journey. And if you read Psalm 34, it says that this is a psalm that David wrote after faking his insanity to King Akesh. Out of that moment where he realized he should have been killed, he gets out of that moment and he doesn't thank God for his capacity to feign mental illness. He steals away somewhere and starts writing, I will bless the Lord. At all times, his praises shall continually be in my mouth. I sought the Lord, and he heard my cry. Have you ever been in that place where, where you just barely made it out by the skin of your teeth? And let me add this. Sometimes making it out was connected to your poor choices and your poor decisions. And yet you came through. You should have been destroyed by your actions, but you are still standing in this space. And when you get to that point in your journey, when you just start reflecting on the moments where you should have been gone a long time ago, 
but only the grace of God kept you and sustained you and allowed you to be here to make your way down to the corner of 116th Street and 7th Avenue today after all the stuff you've been through. And when you get a chance to tell somebody, here's what you tell them. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. Here's what he said. Oh, come. Oh, God. And magnify the Lord with me. Have you ever invited anyone to your praise party? I mean, when you were sitting there thinking about all that the Lord has done and you knew you couldn't do it by yourself, you started encouraging some other folk. I wish you would give God praise with me. Because if God has done anything for you, you ought to get up and give God glory in this place. In fact, look at your neighbor and tell him, neighbor, I'm sending out invitations to this praise party because I just can't stop giving God praise because God has been so good, so good in my life. So here it is. I praise God. Here it is. I praise God because in my inconsistencies, God has been consistent. Anybody here can testify about the consistency of God? Can I tell you how the old folks who say it in church? They would put it like this. Every time, hey, I turn around, it keeps on making a way. That's the consistency of God. That even when I'm faithless, as how Paul put it, God is faithful because God cannot deny God's self. In other words, one of the reasons God keeps showing up for you is because God got the state of God's word. You hear me? Because God said God would keep you and protect you and sustain you and make a way for you. So you got to give God praise because when I'm inconsistent, God remains consistent. Look at somebody and tell them, I serve a consistent God. When I took a deep breath this morning, consistent God. When I made my way down to the sanctuary, consistent God. When I got my mind together, consistent God. I serve a consistent. I praise God, one, again, because when I'm inconsistent, God is consistent. Two, I give God praise at all times to confuse my enemies. Oh, you, you got that? Here it is. There are some people who bring misery your way to make you miserable. You, you got that? It's like their job and assignment is to bring misery your way to make you miserable. And here's how they win. They win when you actually embody what they bring. The misery. Somebody says something to you and it throws you off. You had that happen before. Somebody speaks a word to you that is not kind and it messes up your day. No. Can I tell you something? Don't ever give another human being power to mess up your day. Because why? That human being didn't give you the day. God woke me up this morning last I checked. And so I can't give you any of that. So here it is. So here it is. If you want to confuse your enemies, you praise God. What do you mean, Pastor? Praise God even when they think they gave you a reason to be upset. 
Even when they think they gave you a reason to be sad. Even when they think they gave you a reason to be despairing. No, you bless God at all times. You let them know. If you understood how hard I worked for this praise, if you understand how hard I worked for this breakthrough, how, how much I earned this testimony, you would understand that there is nothing you can say to me to cause me to stop giving God praise because great is he who is in me that he that is in the world and so I give God praise to confuse my enemies and so the next time you feel like you're being under some kind of spiritual attack don't start praying start praising you say wait a minute don't pray no praise your way through that thing pause right where you are and say God I bless your name I bless your name no matter what people are doing to me I bless your name because you may not come. Can I get churchy? When you, when I want you, but you always show up in an on-time way. Lastly, I praise God at all times because of my experience. Now, this is easy. I thought it was going to be quick this morning. What do you mean? That verse 8 has always perplexed me until I looked up the Hebrew. It says, oh, taste and see. That the Lord is good. But that word for taste in Hebrew means experience. Wait a minute. Oh, experience and see that God is good. But hold on. I don't have to experience because I've had experiences. You missed that. I've had more than a few times in my life where I've seen God's handiwork in my life. And I know I'm the only one in here today that you got more than enough reasons to give God praise this meaning this morning. Why? Because you have experiences. Oh, I had to add that. Experiences with God. How many times has God made a way? How many times has God opened doors? How many times has God sustained you? How many times has God kept you? How many times has God delivered you? How many doors has God opened? How many doors has God closed? How many times did God had to remove your enemies? How many times did God make your enemies your footstool? How many times did give God gave you a reason to rejoice by setting a table before you in the presence of your enemies? And if you have experiences with God, no one ought to instigate your praise. In fact, look at your neighbor right now and tell him, neighbor, I have experiences with God. There have been multiple times in my life where God had to do great things in my life. And so right now, on this day, at this time, when I think of the goodness of God and all that the Lord has done for me and all the experiences I have with God, I got to give God praise. So now look at your neighbor and tell him, neighbor, do me a favor. Join me in this morning. I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praises shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, come and magnify the Lord with me. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. If God has done anything for you, you ought to give God a serious praise. Look at your neighbor and tell him, neighbor, through many dangers, toils and stairs, I made it this far. In fact, look at your neighbor and tell him, neighbor, after everything I've been through, I'm still standing. I'm still here. I'm still standing. I'm still here. I'm still standing. I'm still here. I'm still standing. I'm still here.
I'm still standing. I'm still here. And is there anybody here who knows that if you're standing and you're still here, that you ought to bless the Lord at all times. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless God's holy name. If you're able, stand right quick. We're going to get out of here soon. We're going to hear from our senator, but the faithfulness of God is overwhelming. You can I, can I can I say this? There's some things that you've been waiting on that just started showing up in your life. Things you've been praying for that just started showing up and manifesting. You ever get to that point where your joy actually becomes unspeakable, inexplicable? confounding because of what God has done in your life. If you know right now, and I want to see those hands, that you shouldn't have made it this far. I mean, for real, for real. There were more than enough reasons why you shouldn't be here right now. I know I got several reasons I shouldn't be here. And all you can do is say, God, I thank you. In fact, I know it may seem uncomfortable, but I need you to put both those hands. Just lift those hands. And God, I just thank you. Grateful, God. Grateful, God. God, for every mountain, for every trial, you brought us through. God, we thank you. We can't praise your name enough because we're still here and we're still standing. Should have lost my mind. Could have lost my life. Still here and we're still standing. We honor that today. And if you know that God has done it, just give the Lord a hand clap of praise even right now. And we're about to go on. I'm a, but I want you before you just sit, I just want you to think. Just think. Because sometimes we go through the motions of life and, and we don't always pause with gratitude. And I tell people that joy is the overflow of gratitude. That the more gratitude you display, the more joyful you become. Because how... Do you remain bitter when you think about all the moments that God brought you through and brought you out? And yes, and all the, the how do you get angry when you think about all the good things that God has done in your life? No, no. I can't stay bitter 
when I know that there's been breakthroughs. I can't stay bitter when I know there's been blessings. I can't stay bitter when I know God has made ways. And all you got to do is think about it. And I know that even right now, life can seem a little challenging and things are not the way you would want them to be. But my God, you've seen enough in just this, this year to remind you that God ain't done yet. There's still more on the horizon, more joy and more peace and more love and more happiness. It's on the way. So I don't just praise God for what I've experienced. I praise God for what's on the way. That on the way praise. I don't. But what's on the way? Ain't here yet. But I give God praise because I know it's coming. It's on the way. And I bless God's name today. So just for a moment, I want you to just pause in a moment of self-reflection. It's right now, just in a brief moment of self-reflection. And I know the time is, is spent, but, but a moment of self-reflection. God, thank you for every, come on. Just think about that, for how God has sustained you right now. Oh, yes. Just take that moment of reflection. God, my pastor used to call it introspective retrospection. When you look in and look back for every. Yes. Come on. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward